Hi, this is Russ. We are going to be looking into the assurance of salvation. This is Dynamic Discipleship, the series uh, that we put out from Shatter the Darkness. It is simply here to encourage those who have come to Christ lately. If you've gotten saved uh, just lately, if you're new in Christ, these uh, discipleship uh, teachings and series that we've placed out are here to encourage you, to build you. It is God's will that you have great joy in your salvation. And what has now begun in your life, uh, God wants to bring about the fullness of that salvation. Once you come to Christ, you the search for the meaning and purpose and relationship with God is over. But the growing deep and into the deep things of God and experiencing more and more and more of Christ, His power, His joy, His work uh, will continue all throughout your Christian life to the very day Jesus Christ returns. Hey, this is Russ Dizdar from the organization Shatter the Darkness on the web www.shatterthedarkness.net and I want to encourage you today. Listen. If you've gotten saved lately, please write to us and let us know. Tell us your testimony so we can post it on the web and let others be encouraged about what God has done in your life. This is session two, how to be sure that you're saved. Now listen, when I first got saved, man, I tell you what, I was really battling, battling, you know, the conviction that God was giving. I was battling everything um, because I wasn't raised in church. I didn't know a whole lot of things. And... When the gospel was shared and Christ confronted me through uh, an individual's testimony, uh, I went home and, 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 and simply this, I accepted Christ, received him into my life. I knew that he came in my life. It was a powerful experience. Man, my experience was just glorious, and God came in. I knew I was forgiven. I knew He came into my life. I knew that uh, this all started a whole new life. I didn't know everything about it. I didn't even know biblical terminologies like like redemption and uh, regeneration and justification. I mean, listen, those are tremendous biblical terms. Justification, Romans chapter 5, literally meaning, theologically meaning, just as if you've never sinned. God has now declared you justified in Christ by the blood of Jesus and the righteousness of Jesus applied to you. You are justified. Read it in Romans chapter 5 sometime today and uh, see again what God is declaring concerning you. He has forgiven you. And all your sins are forgiven, and God won't remember your sins anymore, it says in the book of Hebrews. And so I want to encourage you that even though you may not understand everything yet, God is intending uh, to build you up. See, we're like brand new babies when we come to Christ. We've been born into the kingdom as a child, and God uh, God loves us as his child. I mean, just read 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Look how much love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are, John says. And so it's a great thing to know. The, the word regeneration in Titus chapter 3, that we've been regenerated. This is that supernatural work of uh, salvation, literally um, being... Um, given to us at the moment of salvation. It means the breaking of the old sin nature and the infusion of a brand new nature, the nature of Christ, the nature of God, the um, the uh, the work of the Spirit of God applying the very work of Jesus inside you. So when you read Titus 3, verses 3 through 7, as a matter of fact, let me read it to you now. And listen, if you've got the web... Um, and the, and the notes, you can download, print the notes out. And I encourage you to have a pencil. As a matter of fact, let's do what we should always do when it comes to time of study. You know what that is? To give thanks to God and uh, simply to pray. Let's do it this way. Lord Jesus, we simply acknowledge your presence, that you'll never leave us or forsake us, that to uh, Christ you live in us right now as saved, born-again individuals those who love you now and have believed in you and have received you as Savior and Lord. We simply acknowledge your unceasing and unbroken presence. We simply acknowledge the new birth and the dynamic presence 
that is inside of our lives. We simply acknowledge that you have forgiven us and given us the gift of eternal life, the gift of your spirit and your friendship in fellowship. And so we approach, as the Bible says in Hebrews, the throne of grace. Uh, and we come with confidence to seek you. And Father, I simply come to say thank you for saving me 30-some years ago. Thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for never leaving me, forsaking me. Thank you for always being here. Thank you that all of your word has been proven true in my life over all these years. And everyone, Father, that's going to be listening, every new believer, the same will be true for them. You show no favoritism. And, uh, Father, I pray that your love and strength and encouragement would be given to each and every one who listens and who's reading the studies right now. So we simply worship you and we bless you and we simply come to honor you. And we, come, we say the hymn, the hymn, God, uh, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. And uh, we simply uh, just give you the praise and the worship. And, Father, we pray today... We pray for ourselves to be able to grow, for the Spirit of God to help us, for the Word of God to be made known to us. And we pray, God, for our friends to be saved and our family to be saved. And I pray particularly right now, God, that by your providence, you will get this message out and these studies out to every single new believer and any believer who needs the clear um, revelation of assurance. Because that's your plan not only did you want to save us and bring us into relationship, but you wanted us to be assured and have confidence. And you tell us again and again to come boldly before the throne of grace, uh, that we have confidence in coming before you in prayer when we ask anything according to your will. So we pray right now. Um, and I pray for even those listening, the needs that they have, uh, deliver them from the, the attacks of the enemy already as a new believer, and strengthen them by your word, and by the Spirit of God, and uh, by the encouragement they'll receive today. We love you, Lord Jesus, and uh, thank you for this study. Now, my dear friend, let me read to you uh, out of Timothy, I'm sorry, Titus 3, chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. At one time, we too were foolish and disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and, and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy and being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth. That's the being born again. That's the part of the blood of Jesus cleansing us from the work of Christ on the cross and the instantaneous new birth, a regeneration. And it also says, and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified, as if you've never sinned, by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope, that means the eternal assurance absolute assurance the hope biblical hope is the facts of eternal life so i encourage you to study that read over it meditate on the word of god let it let the word of god have its effect in you it's alive god is speaking uh his very words and i want to encourage you in a number of ways in this study let me read the the very beginning where it says this god has done a great work in your life a new beginning New life, new future are yours now that you are saved. In the scripture, it's called being in Christ. You're either in Him or, or not. You're either saved or you're not. You're either born of the Spirit of God or you're not. And so this is very important. You're saved or you're not saved. And listen, for some reason, if you've gotten this and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, my cry to you would be just simply to come to the Lord Jesus Christ who died for you on the cross and shed his blood, buried for you, rose from the dead, loves you, calls you to come to him. And by just simply, by faith, uh, call out. The Bible says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So call on Him right now. Ask Him to come into your life. Surrender to Him. Repent of your sin and believe on the name of Jesus. And you shall be saved. Now, as I say in the notes, this salvation is powerful and eternal. Here are two things to remember 
as you grow in your faith. Now listen, this is two two things that all all believers should know. All doesn't make any difference. 30 some years later that I've been saved, these are two things that are foundational. First, God wants you to be filled with the assurance of salvation you received. He wants you to enjoy it and grow deep. Now listen, this is very important. I've, I, I really know that God wills and wants and desires for us to have uh, a life. Even Jesus said this in John chapter 10, that he's come to give us life, zoe, the qualitative life that comes down out of heaven from Christ. And, to the, and, and life in the fullness. That's God's intent. And uh, to give us great joy in that salvation. The joy of our salvation is our strength. Well, I go on to say in the notes, here's what this, the Holy Spirit says to all those who've accepted Christ as Lord. And this is found in 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 through uh, 13. Let me, just, let me read them to you. And this is the testimony God has given us, notice this, has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Wow. God makes it very clear in John chapter 5 as a whole. He makes it very clear in the Gospel of John. This is the testimony. This is the witness of God. This is what the Spirit of God Himself is saying. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. As a matter of fact, it's only found. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's no other name given among men. No other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The name the Lord Jesus Christ. Because what He did on the cross. Oh, remember the cross, dear Christian. Isaiah 53 is a great study that talks about the suffering servant. What Jesus did for you at that cross. What He did in substituting His life for yours. And uh, taking on your sin and nailing it to the cross. And destroying it at the cross. That's what Jesus did. He came to conquer sin, Satan, uh, death, disease, all of it. All of it was done at the cross. Verse 12 in 1 John 5. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now see, that's just very clear. And so if you've accepted Christ and you know He came into your life, whether five days ago, five years ago, 15 years ago, the same thing is true. If you, if you, uh, if you have the Son of God uh, you know, in your life, you know, you know that you're saved. Simply, It's as simple as that. Now, I want to encourage you to memorize Scripture and begin to memorize. And I'm going to do a little exercise with you today in helping you because I've done this before. I've taken a tape recorder and taped verses of Scripture. And I've read over them. Then I'll read over them very slowly. Then I'll go uh, just uh, section by section, word by word in that verse. So I'm going to help you today because maybe you've downloaded this on CD or in an iPod and you're listening to it on the way to work or school or somewhere else. And I want to encourage you to repeat this verse and begin to memorize. This is 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. And listen, when you memorize a verse, please memorize the address in Scripture. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. Now say it out loud with me, okay? 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. Here's what God says now. Listen to it. Listen to it first. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Now when I memorize, what I do is I look at it and read it, think through it a little bit, let God you know, speak to me uh, about it in my life, and I want to appropriate the truth right into my life. Now the Spirit of God guiding the aged John the Apostle, the same Apostle that uh, was a disciple of Jesus that rested his head on Jesus' chest, he saw Jesus, touched Jesus, walked with Jesus. He was there at the death and the resurrection. He saw it all. But now many, many years later, many, many years later, uh, he is now being led by the Spirit of God to write and it's and really it's simply the Spirit of God's intent to give encouragement to the believers two thousand years ago in scripturating the truth um, and to give us the infallible, inerrant, supernatural, powerful, living words of God. That's why I think it's important to memorize. Because the Holy Spirit will remind you when doubts do come. 
He'll remind you when you're sharing with another believer somewhere that might have doubts. So let me just read it out pretty slow. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Let's just do it by phrase by phrase. I write these things to you. I write these things to you. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Who believe in the name of the Son of God. Who believe in the name of the Son of God. So that you may know that you have eternal life. So that you may know that you have eternal life. So that you may know that you have eternal life. Now when you memorize scripture, always be committed and disciplined to memorize it word by word. Be word perfect. Be consistent, I mean, with with really studying it in that sense and memorizing, you know, um, in in a sense, word perfect so that that when you quote it to others, it'll be word perfect. And you're going to find out that your brain is able, like a muscle, the more you study and read and memorize, the sharper your mind will become. So memorization of Scripture is going to help you, uh, literally help you in, in, in studying and, and, and sharpen and strengthen your mind. And uh, so I think it's a tremendous thing. So let's, let's, let's read it again. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Now I'm going to repeat it one more time. And I want to encourage you right afterwards to repeat it. You can repeat it with me, but then right afterwards, I'm giving you time to repeat it back, okay? 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. I want to deeply encourage you to take that. Write it on a 3 by 5 little uh, little card. You can buy those little um, just cards at, at any local drugstore or mall, you know store and just buy little cards like that and write them down or on a piece of paper. And uh, listen, Christians all around the world, uh, in third world countries, man, they, they'll write it on anything and, and to try to memorize it. And sometimes they, when they don't have enough Bibles or whatever, they take out... Sh- pages of the Bible and they and they share it and they let one believer you know have one page and another another page and they begin to study and read and memorize as much as they can so that they can pass the other pages around so that if they never if the Bible's taken away from them uh, they still have it in their memory I have verses in my heart and life and use them that I've memorized over 30 years ago and this is one of them now let me ask you this here's a scripture I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Where is that found? Where is it found? 1 John 5.13 So in 1 John 5.13, the Word of God says, and this is the intent for your salvation, the Word of God says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And notice that what God is saying in it. Not just memorizing it. God wants you to know. And actually the little word K-N-O-W, know, comes from the Greek word gnosko, meaning an experiential knowledge. To know that you know that you know that you know by experience in Christ. Uh, based on the word, witnessed by the Spirit of God, and the development of your life, that you might know without, without a doubt you have that gift of eternal life. Now, I continue in my notes to say this. It is clear that God wants you to know that you're saved. Very clear. But secondly, God wants to give us a lot of assurance, especially as a new believer, because we're new to this. And that's okay. You don't have to know everything. Listen, when I was a Christian the first few weeks, there's like two or three or four or five verses that I began to learn. And those are the verses that I used in sharing with others. But listen, secondly, these are two foundational issues. Secondly, he also wants you to be aware of the enemy of salvation. That is the devil. He's real. Uh, Demons are real. The dark forces are real. Now, they intended to keep you from getting saved. The parable of the sower, if you read it sometime in Scripture, teaches very clearly that Satan seeks to steal the word of God from people so that they cannot be saved. So he doesn't want them. So if he steals the word, the gospel, the word of God out of their hearts... Uh, they can't believe. Because why? Well, faith comes from hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How can they believe on whom they've not heard? 
You've got to have the Word of God in your head and heart in order to receive Christ. And Satan knows that, and so he tries to steal the Word from an unbeliever. So continue to share with your friends and continue to bring the Word of God. Faith comes from hearing. And uh, they can be born again by the Word of God just like you. But be aware of something. Be aware there's an enemy of that salvation, of your salvation. And he doesn't want you to be sure of your salvation or to grow deep in Christ. He doesn't want you to become fruitful. He doesn't want you to become powerful. <coughs> Excuse me. He, does, he doesn't want you to grow and, uh, and develop uh, the abilities to be a great witness and a prayer warrior and to do great things for the kingdom of God. No. Listen, the devil and dark powers will seek to weaken you and cause you to doubt usually through involuntary feelings or thoughts that come to you. Maybe even using somebody else to counter you and tell you and make fun of you and do whatever else. Maybe you wake up and you don't feel the same today as you did the other day. It doesn't make any difference. God doesn't change based on if you're not feeling good today. Listen, as a new Christian, you should know that spiritual warfare, you should know what spiritual warfare means. That at times your faith will be challenged but God plans and give and will give you the victory and the assurance you need. Now, I'm going to read a couple of verses to you. It's on your notes again. So if you're driving the car, listen to one of those downloads, listen. Here's what it says, clearly. And I'm just telling you about the enemy of your soul. Maybe you've already experienced it. Uh, maybe it's, uh, you've been feeling a fog around you, whatever else. Listen. Here's what the Apostle Paul, led by the Spirit of God, is concerned because of the newer believers in the, the city of Corinth. He says this, and God says this, But I'm afraid that just as Eve, like in the Old Testament, remember? Uh, in, the, in Genesis, where it all began. Because Satan works the same way he did there, when he said, Did God say? See, in the, New, in the Old Testament, Genesis 3, Satan brought in doubt. He, he immediately, she quoted the word of God. She knew the word of God, but he said, uh, did God say? And then after he got her to begin to doubt, he literally lied about the word of God. And that's going to happen all around you with cults and weird things going on today. Uh, people's uh, reinvention of different, you know, you know, cultic uh, understanding, even of Scripture. You're going to get people that use the Bible and twist the Scripture and, you know, they're not consistent and it doesn't sound right. And, and literally, uh, for a born-again believer, it doesn't feel right. So, the Spirit of God is saying through a, a good Christian leader to other Christian babes, He says this, when I say babes, I mean young ones in Christ. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now that's the possibility. The serpent's temptation um, and his uh, seduction uh, that he, somehow he might uh, move in, in such a way to, to, to lead you astray. Now, when you read the book of 1 John, you're going to read where it says, I write these things to you because of those who are trying to lead you astray. So God counters the work of the enemy. And that's why it's very important to get as much of the Word of God in you, to remind yourself, to refresh yourself, to let God speak to you again and again. And, to let, and then once you have it in your life, especially as a memory verse and memory verses, that when you're in dealing with things, the Holy Spirit has the content then. He has the word to bring to your mind, to bring it and to remind you. Uh, this is very important. Again, if you do a further study in uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when Jesus himself was there, Satan confronted him. And Satan quoted scripture out of context. He twisted it. And he literally challenged Jesus. If you don't, if you think that you know the Satan that challenged Jesus is not going to challenge you, come on, he's going to challenge you too, and he wants to weaken you. And you might listen. You might be one of those believers that got saved ten years ago, and and you were challenged, and things occurred, and and you 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 really fell in your faith, and uh, and uh, you've been hurt for a long time. Well, I'm I'm very glad to let you know that God uh, providentially is bringing you back. His intent is still the same, to bring you to fullness, to bring you to strength, to bring you to empowerment, and to bring you to great victory and great joy and fruitfulness in your relationship to Jesus. So you got to stand up sometimes, just rebuke the devil and say no to him, and just stand on the Word of God. Now, 
I go on to say this. So let's dig into the Word of God and see what it says about the assurance of your salvation. Here are two primary ways. Listen, I'm going to list two primary issues about salvation. Two of the factors, the foundational factors. Then I'm going to mention seven other things that will bring uh, assurance and confirmation concerning your relationship uh, to the Lord Jesus. Number one, let's go over it. The Word of God says you are if you receive Christ. Now listen, this is very clear. The Word of God is the foundation of your faith. It is the very words of God. And in it, He reveals the way of salvation and the assurance of being saved. The Word of God is the outward witness of your salvation. Now, I encourage you to remember Romans chapter 10, very classic chapter. It, it's all about a chapter that can be used in leading others to Christ. Maybe it was used in, in someone leading you to Christ. But it also should be used for the assurance. Notice what the Word of God says. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Period. Nothing extra, nothing added, you know. It's, it's really that simple. But you have to hear and you have to be encountered and then you have to respond to God. And literally, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, like that thief on the cross, simply called Jesus Lord. And Jesus turned to him and said, Today, because that man on the cross that was dying believed. And he called Jesus Lord. And Jesus turned to him and said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Salvation is a gift, not something that we earn, that we have to go through a whole bunch of religious things. It's by the simple reception, like in John's Gospel, one chapter 1, verse 12. To as many as received him or believed on his, in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So, that if you confess Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Now, that's required. That's the condition of salvation. You must believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10 says, For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Real born-again people confess Jesus Christ as Lord. They confess, they believe that God has really sent Him, and that God raised Him from the dead. They're confessing the testimony of God. They're confessing and, and, and testifying that they believe the Word of God. They believe what God has said and God has done. And when you do that, the Word of God is an outward witness to you. And you can go back to it to see, hey, how do I know that I'm saved? The Word of God says that if I call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'll be saved. That if I confess Him as Lord and believe in my heart that God raised from the dead, I will be saved. Well, verse 11 goes on to say this. And so we find more uh, uh, assurance in these next couple of verses. As the Scripture says, now here the Spirit of God quotes other Scripture. The scriptures will be consistent all the way through, and again and again and again. Don't let anybody trick you with some one verse, obscure verse, or twisting one verse. Look at all of the verses. Verse 11 says this, As the scripture says, Anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For... Quote, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's tremendous to lead, when you lead somebody to faith in Christ, to receive Christ, to have them pray outwardly. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I receive you as Lord and Savior. I accept your gift of salvation. I remember when I led my father to Christ. I had him, because I worked on him for 20-some years. I led him into the longest prayer, just simply to get him to, from his own heart to confess Christ as Lord. He believed on the Lord Jesus, and he's now in heaven. And I'll see him again someday. And I led my grandmother to Christ. And the same thing, that very day, uh, she called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she was saved then. And when she, I was there when she died. And uh, she's in heaven, and I will see her again. So the Word of God is the outward, powerful, foundational, factual um, witness and, uh, of what salvation is and what all of the truths of God you know, are all about. 
So just accept the Word of God and, and declare what the Word of God says. So stand on the Word and your faith will have rock solid, you know, the foundation of God Himself in it. The second thing, now listen, this is true all of your life. Two things, the, the, the foundation of the Word of God, because it says that if you receive Christ, confess Him as Lord and Savior, believe in your heart, that what? You're saved. Now secondly, the Holy Spirit of God says to your human spirit, inwardly you, we all, we all have body, soul, and spirit, but the Spirit of God in your life, when you're born again, the Spirit of God on the inside literally tells and says and witnesses to you in the depths of you, your spirit, that you're saved, that you're a child of God. Now listen, at the moment of receiving Jesus into your life, you received the promise, the promised Holy Spirit of God. Now you can read that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, 13, so forth, that having believed you are marked in Him with a seal, the gift of the Spirit of God was given. That's how you're born again. Romans chapter 8 says, if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. So when you, when you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, He gives you the gift of the Spirit of God. Now listen, the Spirit of God in you assures you inwardly that you are His, that you're in Christ and you're saved. Now, I want to read this to you, okay? This is out of, again, Romans chapter 8. And it says this, Because those who are led, referring to believers, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons or children of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received, permanently, you received the spirit of sonship or adoption, the spirit of adoption. By him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit, that we are God's children. Now, if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Now, I want to tell you again, this is very important. This is a tremendous revelation. And I want to encourage you that when you receive Jesus Christ, listen, if you've been able to cry out in prayer to God and begin to learn to worship, and you feel the, the, the fellowship you have with God, you feel the Father's fellowship in your life, you've received the spirit of adoption. God the Holy Spirit is called here the spirit of adoption. God the Father has literally adopted you and has declared you his literal daughter or son, uh, his child. You are literally His child. And the Spirit of God is the evidence um, of you being His child. And the Spirit of God operates in your life on the inside, witnessing, telling you, expressing to your own human spirit that you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. Christ is here, He's here, He's here. And that you know Him. And uh, this is where I sometimes say that you just know that you know that you know that you know. So, when you confess Jesus as Lord, believe in Him, uh, believe that God raised from the dead and receive Him as Lord and Savior, the gift of the Spirit of God is given, and the witness of the Holy Spirit in your life. And just ask, and I would ask right now, God would give you the witness of the Holy Spirit today. That from the inside, the Spirit of God, you'll experience the Spirit of God on the inside, witnessing to your human spirit, to you. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're free to worship. You're free to talk to God. You have access to God. You have un, uh, an unceasing uh, fellowship with Christ. No matter how you feel, Christ in you, the Bible says, the hope of glory. Well, I hope that you're encouraged by these two factors. The assurance of salvation, number one, is based on the Word of God. Number two is, uh, is, a, is the witness of the Holy Spirit in your life. Well, I have a question on the notes for you, and it just simply says this, and I want it to be interactive because I want you, and maybe again later at work, school, wherever you might be, you might write this down. Study over Romans chapter 8 today. Study over and, and see what it says about the Holy Spirit in your life. Look about the work of the Spirit of God in your life. And uh, I have down here and asking you, what is the spirit of sonship or adoption? What does it mean? Well, I've already kind of said that. But I want you to be able to reiterate it and put it down and, uh, and just simply close your eyes for a few moments uh, when you have the time. And simply say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in my life. Jesus said in John's gospel that he would be given to you, the spirit of truth, the comforter would be given to you forever. He won't leave you. 
Uh, it's a permanent indwelling of the Spirit of the living God. And He's there, deep within you. So sometimes just sit and acknowledge. I am a, Like it says in the book, listen, you can study 1 Corinthians 3, 16. You can read about it. Know you not that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. That you're now a sacred uh, temple. That uh, your body has been... Um, that you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. But you're literally the temple of the Spirit of God because of Christ in you. Well, I'm going to give you uh, seven other assurances or more confirmations concerning salvation. And I just want to ensure you that when you accept Christ as Lord and Savior, uh, as you begin to grow in your development of Jesus, and please let me say to you very carefully that you cannot develop uh, the right way without yielding um, to the Spirit of God and to the Word of God and being obedient to the Word of God too. Because when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit came into your life, you've been baptized into the body of Christ. God wants you to be with the people of God in some local church somewhere. And I'm going to mention to you that salvation includes a relationship with God and with brothers and sisters in Christ around the world and many, many hundreds of you know, thousands that are already in heaven. And it's very important that, um, that you understand that assurance of salvation um, is, is just absolutely uh, uh, part of uh, what the Word of God teaches and the Spirit of God's work, but also uh, occurs within the context of the body of Christ. Let me just say seven things real quick here. You're forgiven. I mean, knowing that I felt forgiven, I knew I was forgiven. I accepted the gift of God. I've had people tell me over the years, man, I felt like a like a like a a, a great weight has been lifted off me. A sense that you've been cleansed and washed. You can read about that in First John chapter two, that Jesus Christ is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins. Now, the atoning sacrifice comes from a Greek word, halosmos. Uh, the atoning sacrifice means that he is literally lifted up uh, and taken away, taken off of you like a dirty shirt. He just simply has taken it completely off of you and removed it completely. And he's also removed the wrath of God and any judgment of God. He's taken away all the barriers so that you're absolutely cleansed before God and that God has justified you as if you have never sinned ever in your life. You are as clean as Christ by the blood of Christ. And that's a glorious thing. You've been made righteous. You've been given that gift of righteousness from Christ. So you're forgiven. And to feel forgiven and to know you're forgiven is part of the evidence and the joy of salvation. I am so glad that I'm forgiven, man. I'm so glad God's not counting any sin against me. Because Jesus uh, died and took my penalty and the judgment on himself. And he was buried. And uh, he took it all as an innocent, sinless Lamb of God for me. And he alone can remove it. Time can't remove it. Uh, nothing you can do can remove it. Only Jesus. And it's the gift of God. So I'm forgiven. And that, that knowing that forgiveness and feeling forgiven and the Spirit's witness of that forgiveness uh, fills me with great joy. And that's part of the assurance and even confirmation that I'm saved. Now listen... Number two is answered prayers. Now, when you read John 15, 7 through 8, uh, Jesus simply tells us that if we simply will allow the Word of God to abide in us and we will uh, abide in Him, that we can ask anything. We can come in prayer and get answers. Now, you study for a Gospel of John 15, verse 7 and 8. But verse 8 tells you that uh, bearing fruit is part of the evidence of being a disciple of Jesus. And again, dynamic disciple literally means empowered. Salvation is the power of God. The power of God is within us. Uh, let me mention again a tremendous theme verse from Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Now listen. I have the power of God within me. And I can become powerful in prayer. And that simply means getting answers. God has designed getting answers 
Uh, he wants you to get answers. He's designed prayer for you to get answers. Listen, Jesus said it very simply like this in the Gospels, that everyone that asks receives, everyone that seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. How much more will the Heavenly Father give good gifts to them that ask? So when you've already got answered prayers, and I can remember in the first couple of weeks of salvation when I learned about prayer, I began to pray and ask God things. I mean, I heard that verse that ask and you shall receive, seek you shall find, knock on the door will be open. I began to pray about a job, pray about a number of things. And I realized the next week when I went to church, they were talking about prayers again and answered prayers. And all of a sudden I realized three, all three of the specific prayers I was praying last week, uh, all of them were answered. And that's evidence. Getting answers is, is part of the evidence that you are truly saved. Not the only. The primary evidence is the Word of God and the witness of the Spirit. But these, um, I don't want to call them extra, but they're also confirmations of your salvation. Answered prayer is a confirmation that you're truly saved. Because only really born-again believers can get those kind of answers. Point three. The experience of God's presence in worship. Man, you know, Ephesians 5, 17, 16, 17, talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit and singing to, you know, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs about worship. You know, when you read the psalms, uh, any of the psalms, but specifically uh, well, Psalm 150 and so forth, praise the Lord, hallelujah, giving praise to God, stopping wherever you might want to stop. See, in John chapter 4, Jesus said, God is, the Father is seeking worshipers. Seeking worshipers who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. You've been born of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, the most intimate form. You can't get any more um, intimate. You can't have any more access than you already have uh, because of the blood of Jesus and justification. You can experience God more and more. So let me tell you how to experience Sometimes just sit back and begin, you know, get a, get a, get a worship CD. Uh, go online and find, um, I find a lot of the Vineyard and Hosanna, uh, Integrity, Praise Music and others. Listen, old hymns. Uh, sometimes I just go back to some of the old hymns from 30 years ago. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus Nazarene or how great thou art. And I, I will sing some of those hymns. And immediately, I don't have to warm up any longer. I, you know, in the beginning, I might have had to go through three or four songs to think God had to come down to me. Well, I, I, I simply learned on the basis of the Word of God, He's already here, never leaves, inseparable fellowship, uh, unceasing fellowship, and it can't be broken. Now, we can grieve the Spirit through sin, and you'll sometimes feel um, broken in your relationship. Listen, if you've sinned this week in some way, yeah, um, you might have the assurance of your salvation challenged. Listen, if you stumble into a sin, and I'll, I'll have this in one of the other lessons, you don't lose your salvation. You don't lose God. God doesn't jump out of your body. First John chapter 2, uh, the Holy Spirit writes to us and says, you know, these are written that you will not sin a sin. But if, it, but if you do, if you do fall into some sin, um, you have an advocate, or like the scripture says here, uh, you have one who speaks to the Father in your defense. You just need to ask God to forgive you. You just need to do what First John chapter 1, verse 9 says. Confess any sin you've gotten into, and He is faithful and just, listen, to, to forgive you and to purify or cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So, you know, if you have any sin in your heart, that'll always keep you away from the Bible and prayer and worship because you might feel some guilt. Well, immediately repent of it and ask God forgiveness, and it's, and it's over just like that. But worship Jesus. Uh, thank Him. If you don't know how to sing to God, just, just express gratitude. Start praising Him and worshiping Him, thanking Him, and you're going to feel the presence of God. There's a Bible verse in Psalms that says that God inhabits, dwells within the praises of His people. That's why I love being with many Christians. And uh, being in church and worshiping and beginning to sing collectively to God because you can feel the presence of God all around you. And I feel that same presence today when I was singing early this morning in my prayer time to God and worshiping the Lord. So worship brings great confirmation and builds you up as the Holy Spirit is manifested and the presence of God is felt in your life. Well, point four, desire to obey the Word of God. Now listen, 
In 1 John chapter 2, verses 1-6, through 6, clearly it teaches that if someone claims to know Christ but doesn't want to obey the Word of God at all, they're a liar. They don't know Him. Part of the evidence of being saved is you want to get into the Word. You desire the Word and uh, that you want to obey. And so when you read and study 1 John chapter 2, verses 1-6, through 6, listen. I'm glad you're listening to all that we're sharing here and the intent is to encourage you as much as possible. But I'm encouraging you. That's why I didn't link these ones and that's why i don't have them all written you know you know copied here for you you get into the word you open your bible you begin to learn to find those books of the bible and where they're at and you begin to get in there listen a dynamic disciple an empowered believer that takes up the cross to follow christ listen god doesn't want us to be a weakling he doesn't want us to be passive he doesn't want to have to drag us along he doesn't want us to be a, a spiritual couch potato he wants us to get up and listen. The Spirit of God in you and the new nature is moving you to obey the Word of God. The Spirit of God's leading you to the Word of God so that greater strength and greater experience and a deeper relationship with God will be acquired by you as you grow in your knowledge and in your obedience to the Word. Listen, obedience to the Word locks the Word of God into you. When you read 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, when the Word of God says, I write to the young ones, because why? You are strong. You've overcome the evil one. Why? Because the Word of God lives in you. How does it live in you? Well, you've believed it, and you're, you're obeying it. Memorizing it's good, but put it into action. And it's, it's locked into your life as a, as, a, as a living force. The Word of God has a, a power to operate into your life in you, when you're obeying it. And obviously you're going to become stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. That uh, younger believers became strong. Strong. And they've overcome. The Greek word is Nike. They've had a decisive victory over Satan trying to steal uh, the word from them or try to weaken them or cause them so much doubt. No, these believers and you are intended to grow strong even against the enemy's um, battle against you. So part of that is the desire to grow in the in, in the in the word, in and uh, specifically in obedience. When you're obeying the word of God according to First John chapter one verses one through six, chapter two verses one through six, guess what? It says in obedience to that word of God, the love of God will be made complete in your life. See, you grow in faith by the word of God in obeying it. You grow in in uh, love and come to completion in love. Uh, you you grow strong, uh, you grow able. You're enabled to do good things for the Lord. So desire to obey the Word of God is an evidence and confirmation, um, and uh, of of being truly born again. And so when I see believers that uh, like they got their Bible and they're beginning to get in, see I, I look at non-believers, people that don't have the Spirit of God. I, I don't see them doing that. Uh, they don't have the Spirit uh, of life in them. They don't have the new nature. The new nature will move you, dear Christian. If you feel sometimes, uh, you know, that God is prompting you, get in the Bible, get in the Word. Don't miss quiet time today. Study. Well, that's God's intent. He's trying to draw you into the treasures of the Word of God. Point number five, new desires and new powerful living. You know what it says in Galatians? Listen, if you read Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 26, that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, listen, killed off uh, the, the, the passions and desires of the old sin nature. You know what? When I got saved in the new life, Christ came into me. So many of the old things went away. That old language went away. The old desires went away because of a new life and new power and, uh, and new desires that came into my life. When I read Second Peter verse 1, chapter 1, verse 3, you know what it talks about? That His divine power now has given me everything I need. A divine power, God's power, uh, not just His presence. His presence means that new nature, that new power uh, permanently residing in you right at this very moment, pulsating in your life, is the power of God and the new desires if you have a desire to grow, if you have a desire to serve God, if you're saying inside your heart and you're crying out, God, I want to serve you. God, I want to know you more. God, I want to do things for you. 
Uh, I don't want to waste any more time doing the old stupid things. Well, that's all part of the confirmation and, and evidences that you're truly saved. And that should give you assurance also. Let me mention also point six, the confirmation of others. I think this is a really tremendous, uh, you know, I, I can I can sometimes meet believers around and, uh, you know, and I don't even know anything. I might begin to talk with somebody and I can I can feel a witness of the Spirit of God that uh, that they are truly, you know, saved, that, that there's a confirmation. Now, I've had others come to me and uh, just begin to talk to me and uh, they're glad that I'm saved and they're glad that Christ lives in my heart. And you're going to find this to be true, that when other believers recognize the grace of God that is in you. When other believers recognize uh, that you're truly born again of the Spirit of God, they can feel it, they can observe it, they can hear it come out of your speech, um, they can see it in your desires, and sometimes God will use them just to come up and, and, and bring you that kind of confirmation. A confirmation that lets you know that even they know you're saved. And that's really good. So take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4 through 10, and uh, see how Paul uh, is telling them how he knows. And, and he's literally seeing the evidences of their salvation and that he knows uh, that they've been chosen by God uh, in salvation, in Christ. He knows that they're clearly saved. Well, the last point in extra assurance or confirmations of salvation is beginning to bear fruit for Christ. In John's Gospel, chapter 15, Jesus is speaking uh, that, um, that He is the vine, we're the branches. God the Father is the gardener that sanctifies and works and, and seeks to make us even uh, more knowledgeable and, and more fruitful. And that if we begin to obey Jesus and follow Jesus in obedience, be obedient to the Word of God, it's without question, you will bear fruit. Listen, here's the simplicity. If you want to be strong in the Lord, know the Lord deeply, experientially, uh, be deeply acquainted with the Holy Spirit in your life, and if you want to be able to bear tremendous fruit and do good things, here's the bottom line. Stay obedient to the Word of God. Don't let it fall to the ground. Whatever you read, put into action. So many Christians have, have uh, just, you know, they've, literally on some areas, they've just quit obeying God. And God wants you to be a witness. Be obedient to that. God wants you to be a prayer warrior. Be obedient to that. God wants you to be a worship, a worshiper. Be obedient to that. God wants you to yield to the Spirit. Be obedient to that. God wants you to be in the local church. Be obedient to that. You see, in the local church, you're going to hear the Word of God preach. If you're in a good church, and I'll have a, a, a teaching coming up here, how you know how to be a part of a local church, and and uh, some of the evidences of a very very good local church and what god intends for the nature and mission of the church but bearing fruit you know leading another person to christ getting an answer to prayer praying for somebody maybe it's their healing and you pray and they got an answer maybe uh you know it's some other thing you've been praying for something else and god uh you know for somebody and uh, god's answered for their for their sake and so that's bearing fruit blessing others and loving others and feeding somebody some food and being kind to somebody or giving food, you know, clothing that they might need clothing. Bearing fruit will also demonstrate that you're a Christian, uh, that, uh, that it's an evidence that you're a growing disciple, that the power of God is operating in your life. And uh, that's what we're called to do. So reject being a spiritual couch potato. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Like the old hymn says, Ye servants of the cross, listen, lift high His royal banner, it must not suffer loss. So stand up for Christ, and be a great servant of the Lord, and begin to step out and obey here, and you know, do what you know to do at this point. And God will continue to add into your life. He will. He'll continue to add into your life. Now, when I mention in your study notes uh, on the podcast or this, this message, I mention uh, uh, these things. Facts and feelings, doubt and faith, feed your spiritual life, and foundations for life and eternity. What do I mean by these things? Well, if you have the study notes, the only way you're going to know really is if you're listening uh, to, the, uh, 
to the broadcast we're doing here. And I'm going to just touch on some things that are very important. I just want to share from my heart to you. Facts and feelings. Sometimes, even years later, there's times you don't feel good or spiritual warfare is coming against you. There's going to be times you don't feel God's presence. doesn't mean that He left. It means that you say, Lord, you know, is, is it the enemy you know, blocking things? Is it just your faith is weak? You're having a, a bad day? Uh, maybe, again, sin has come into your life in some way. So please realize this. Base your salvation on the facts of the Word of God, the Word of God, which is the infallible foundation for your life. And that when you base your life on the facts of the Word, quote the Word, confess the Word, believe the Word, obey the Word, your feelings uh, will come, uh, into your feelings will come the witness of the Spirit and the presence of God. And uh, so always follow facts before feelings. And uh, though I feel the Lord's presence and enjoy the Lord and to feel the power of God, sometimes more than others, sometimes in great revivals, there's this incredible uh, power of God everywhere. And sometimes I feel nothing. But I stand on the basis of the Word of God. And uh, that's the foundation. And so don't let feelings rule. Let the Word of God, the biblical facts, rule. Second thing, doubt in faith. Uh, there's going to be times you have doubts and you're challenged over issues or whatever else. But let me tell you this, and this is out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone that comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek Him. So I want to encourage you this, that when it comes to doubts in faith, listen, you're going to have to... Um, you're gonna have. You gotta feed your faith and starve your doubts. Sometimes you just gotta say, "Lord, why am I doubting? What is it that's causing me doubt?" Because in James chapter one it says the doubter is like a two-souled man, uh, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It says, "Let not the doubter think they'll receive anything." You're gonna have problems in your prayer life, and problems in bearing fruit, and problems in feeling the witness of the Spirit when you're living in doubt. Now the enemy loves bringing doubt to you, so. Reject it. Just simply reject it. The Bible says, Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Where's that at? Where's that at? It's in James chapter 4, my friend. Brother or sister in Christ, get a hold of the Word of God. If you've got doubts, confront them. And go to the Word of God. Ask God to give you Scripture that counters the doubt. And stand on the Word of God. And you'll watch the doubt burn away. And you'll watch as you stand in faith. Listen, one thing I know is this. God blesses faith. God is pleased with faith. God operates in and through faith. And the Word of God is the Word of faith. And uh, will build your faith and enable you to believe. So stay in the Word. Stand on the Word. Believe the Word. Um, no matter what occurs, no matter who tries to steal anything or tries to get you to doubt, stand in faith in the Word. Second, or third rather, these things, of these four things, feed your spiritual life. You know, I don't know if you've gone for the last week without any food. I, I, I doubt that. I know today, you know, I haven't yet. And, uh, and I want to encourage you that you've got to realize something, that physical, you know, you have physical needs. You also have spiritual needs. Uh, you need to feed your physical body in order to have energy and strength and so forth, to renew your body, to replenish your body and so forth. Spiritual life is the same way. You need to feed your spiritual life. At church, you can get your spiritual life fed. Other Christians in fellowshipping can help feed that spiritual life. Studying the Word, worshiping, in prayer, and even stepping out as a witness for Christ and serving the Lord feeds your spiritual life. And uh, see, I've got 30-some years where I could talk about, wow, when God did this and when God did that and God saved that person and God healed that person and God healed this person of a demon or delivered him of a demon. And, and, I, and I got so many experiences of the reality of God uh, in my life now. And that builds my faith. And uh, so there's, there's not, you know, this like, am I saved, am I saved? No, I don't have that question in my life. So feed your spiritual life, and uh, you will continue to build. The last thing of these four is the foundations for life and eternity. Many things that you're getting right now are the foundations for all the life ahead. 
My life right now is based on the same Word of God that yours is. My salvation is based on the same premise. If I have the Son of God, I have the gift of eternal life. If I don't have the Son of God, I don't. So if you get the foundations down now and grow strong now, you will not be like many American Christians who have uh, accepted Christ, come to church, and uh, you know have a little bit here and a little bit there, and they don't develop beyond that. And that's why their life, 10 years later, they don't have a lot to say about answered prayer. They, don't have a, they, don't, they haven't led anybody to Christ. They don't know the Word of God a lot to share. Why? Because either their own, uh, their own slothfulness, uh, their own laziness, maybe they weren't discipled at all. Listen, as a new believer, the, word, the, the Bible teaches that the church is to help disciple you. The Great Commission is what? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything whatsoever Jesus taught. And he said, then I'll be with you always. See, in the mission of Jesus, he'll be present. When we get off track, you know, we move away. Like that old saying on the, on the church, you know, billboard, it said, it said, if God seems far away, guess who moved? Well, it wasn't him. Believer, it's you and I that do that sometimes. So I'm going to encourage you right now to make sure that you're dedicated to getting the foundations, the biblical foundations, the Word of God, the witness of the Spirit, growing up in your salvation, realizing you're forgiven, answered prayers are coming, the presence of God in your life and worship, desiring and stepping out in obedience to the Word, the new desires to live for Christ are there, follow them, confirmations that others share with you, and beginning to bear fruit all lend itself uh, to giving you assurance and in, 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 in so forth. Now, I want to share something with you that I think is, is very exciting because over the years I have become very confident about the incredible sovereign power of God in the salvation of lives. That God who begins a good work in a person's life, His intent is to carry it on and to bring out everything. To give you the joy and the peace and the grace and the mercy and, and to build your life and to help you through it all and to give you guidance but also to lead you to become powerful and strong and, and bearing fruit and a servant for, of God and to learn your spiritual gifts and to win souls to Christ. So when I talk about the sheer confidence of salvation, I refer to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. Have you ever read that? Chapter 1, verse 6. simply says this, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. He'll carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Look what Paul says in writing to the Philippian believers. No matter if you're struggling, whatever, one thing I'm sure of, I am confident that God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day, of Je until the day Jesus returns. So I am saying, yield to Christ you know, step out in the in obedience because God is operating. God is working. God wants to do things in your life. God has a plan for your life. God wants to build your life. God wants to save others' uh, souls through your life. And uh, you're going to come to the point where, like the Apostle Paul, to be able to say, you know what? God is so powerful in His salvation and growing of me. Uh, we call it sanctification. That you can know this: that you can be extremely confident that Jesus Christ who came into your life at salvation, he began a good work. He is carrying it on every single day. So cooperate. Yield to him. Obey him. Take up the cross. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and don't be ashamed down the road ten years later for being a slothful believer, a lazy believer, an uncommitted believer. Grow in the Lord. Take your stand day by day by day. Listen, in the very uh, end of this uh, message for you today, I just want to remind you, just to remind you, make notes of it. Uh, six things. Stand on the Word of God. Continue to confess and testify to your salvation. Worship the Lord Jesus in a daily way and experience His presence. Pray to get answers. Seek the Lord that way. Be in church and grow in the context of the church also. Listen to other good Christians as God might be speaking through them to you. 
on the right hand side of your page there's a book uh, if you want to just get some um, you know better you know just get grow more uh, if you want to feed your faith by Dr. Kendall he saves you can order that study the scriptures write down those scriptures and memorize them there's a little PDF file on the assurance of salvation that will give you more and more and you'll see that somebody else has written stuff that I'm sharing you with you right now and uh and there's also a deeper doctrinal study by Lewis Sperry Chaffer. So there's added things here to assure you. Can I ask you something? In the last hour that I've been sharing and talking, has your heart been lifted up? Have you felt the Spirit of God? Has tears, for some of you, has tears come to your eyes? Have you been praising Jesus for the Word of God you've heard? Well, I'll tell you what, that's the intent. I'm just simply a tool that God is that I'm also using. Uh, for your life, and that you can take this same tool and make a CD and give it to another brother or sister in Christ and give them out. Send it as a link to others that you know um, that need assurance. By the Word of God, uh, the declaration that you're saved if you receive Christ, if, you, if, you've, if you've confessed Him as Lord and believed in your heart that God truly did raise Him from the dead, uh, then you're saved. You've called on the Lord, you're saved. And the Holy Spirit will witness to that in your life. And as you develop, you'll get more and more and more um, confirmation, assurance, to the point that you become extremely confident about what God has done, is doing, and will do in your life. Well, listen, we've got to end this. It's a little over an hour. The Lord Jesus Christ bless you today. The Lord Jesus Christ encourage you today and strengthen you today. My name is Russ from the organization Shatter the Darkness, shatterthedarkness.net on the web. God bless you for taking part in dynamic discipleship.